0: Hey all welcome to Geek Freaks, I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Kyle. Hey! And we got Kevin.
1: Hey, howdy, hey! We're
0: going to be discussing so much today, we're going to be talking about some open world gaming, Darth Maul, and the new James Kirk, but let's first start with a question. If you were to join Professor X's school as a new teacher, what's your mutant power, and what subject are you teaching? Kyle, we're going to start with you, man.
2: I mean, it's not so much a mutant power, but I feel like I would love to fly. Personally, okay. just flying. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would be really keen on having like Cyclops vision or you know, adamantium claws or yeah, looking like Nightcrawler or teleporting. <laughs> uh, teleporting is kind of cool, I guess. Dude, Nightcrawler is badass. I don't he know what you're Nightcrawler yes, is badass, and
0: spoiler alert: that's my power. But I like how you're not like complaining about his power. It's just he looks ugly. Which just bullying by the way and professor does not allow that that is at his school just so you're yeah, aware yeah if I'm a
2: teacher that's a no no that's bad <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah bad attitude there so yeah i so would what's
0: the what's the flying teacher going to be teaching
2: how to fly i guess how to fly <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> to people that don't have the power and to yeah. people that do have the power Going to no, be a huge I surprise
0: mean, to the kid with like teleportation abilities
2: i, I guess i would teach uh, like literature courses cuz i like to analyze literature, that was my favorite subject in school was English, so take oh that my as
0: well I'm kind of jealous of that because that was definitely not my favorite subject i was I was big on history and computer stuff, but yeah, um okay, so question for you real quick: what kind of flying are you doing? Do you have literal wings or are you just like lifting yourself up and flying? Oh
2: that I didn't even think about that
0: because oh, you have to be an angel you know he's one of the big x men he's he's one of the o g guys, but it's always like, dude. If somebody nicks your wings, you're freaking useless. And so until he becomes Archangel, then he's awesome. But that takes a long time. He basically is a villain at that point.
1: I guess with wings, you'd be more handsome looking. So I would go with that. (laughs) I was going to say just the the fun of having like the aerodynamics of like flapping up and then gliding down and like it not being a steady pace or like a Superman Iron Man's just more of a like a takeoff and then fucking just going after it. Yeah. Uh, as I just want to fly, man. As a side note, like one of
2: my favorite <laughs> characters from My Hero Academia, which is a great anime that's superhero related, is Hawks. And he's, he's badass. I I highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. All right. I mean, you had the option to take the cooler flying, but you went with the wings. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that's always funny is when people are like, if you could pick one superpower, you want flying. And then, like, yeah, but then you also need like super speed because otherwise you're flying at like, Human walking speed, which is a waste of your time, and then uh, if you go too high, you're cold. All kinds of questions up there, but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna go with teleportation, and I'm teaching geography because it'd be really cool to be like, this is what the Great Canyon looks like, and then you're like, boom, you teleport everybody there, and then like, oh hey, let's go see what India looks like. I had to quickly pick a place. Boom, we're all in India now. And stuff like that. So, I mean, it just goes hand in hand. And I don't have to look.
1: And I would love to visit
2: India. You bypass all the fees of traveling because of your superpower. That's genius.
0: And I don't have to look like Nightcrawler, so I don't get picked on by Kyle. That'd be nice. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think. He's got wings, so. Yeah. I like how also Kyle mentioned, like, well, with the wings, I look more handsome. So not only is he picking on the nerdy kid who looks like crap in Nightcrawler, he also wants to look like the jock. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you vain out there, guys. motherfucker
0: yeah <laughs> Pretty rude
1: i can't help myself
0: <laughs> yeah what do you got kevin
1: i actually thought along the same lines as you frank except um i don't want it to be too powerful so not time travel but being able to open up a window to the past Ooh, nice. at any point in any place and i would of course teach history at that point Oh, and God, perfect. Feels, this, this is exactly what happened during this time frame right yeah. here. And you can't interact with it, so you can't change the future or anything, can't change anything, but you have the perfect glimpse as to what happened. And it would be, you know, like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. because You have to hard limit it somehow. But yeah, definitely being able to see any point in time anywhere that you know of, at least, and being able to teach history through that would be really cool
0: slightly heartbreaking though when you're like this is abraham lincoln and fourth theater and like hey see that actor <laughs> behind him and you're like no no, uh, nope guys can't interact <laughs> with it we gotta just watch <laughs> that would that would kind of suck a little bit
1: <laughs> just but, a little
0: <laughs> <laughs> it would be great though um okay let's go over the network news we have a brand new pushing buttons coming out this week new star trek we're on our new Trek freaks we're on episode three of season two right am i wrong or season two of episode two season two episode two that's what it is um, please check that out, guys. Season two of Star Trek TOS sort of amazing. And uh we have a brand new interview coming out as well. Round three. So much new stuff coming your way, guys. Please go check out everything on the network. All right, let's get into the news. We have a brand new James T Kirk. He's gonna be played by Paul Wesley, and he's coming in on the star uh Star Trek Strange New Worlds season two what's your first impression of this new uh captain kirk or no not sorry captain kirk james kirk Uh, kevin
1: so uh, when strange new worlds was first announced i was like they better not throw in kirk because they've already got spock they've got uhura um but then i saw the actor i'm like you know what i'm in let's let's go i want to see where this goes i have faith because it's the the main canon timeline i have faith that they're not going to screw it up and We saw with Discovery that they did a lot of stuff with Spock's background that we would not have expected watching the original series. I've got some faith in them to do it. And this guy looks like he can play the part. I don't know anything about Paul Wesley. I don't know what he's been in. I've never seen him before, but he looks the part for sure.
0: Yeah, he kind of looks like I think he's like from some CW stuff. So basically nothing Oh, that makes Uh, sense. Yeah, (laughs) but I, I am excited to see him and Spock become friends and develop that relationship because uh, there's so much to that, that are just a given. And that, boy, if you guys watch the pilot for Star Trek, then episode two of Star Trek, there's such a huge jump in everybody's personalities and characters. It's going to be great to really fill that out. I also want to see some uh, soft flirting between Spock and uhura because, you know, they have a little bit of that playing the harp moments in the TOS that need to be fulfilled at some point. I really like to see that. Uh, Kyle, do you think this is going to be the thing that brings you on? I know we've mentioned how you're not really a Star Trek guy, but do you think you'd be watching Strange New Worlds by chance?
2: Probably not, no.
0: Probably not. Okay, we'll bring you in for The Mandalorian then. I know you're on for that yes. one for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited for this. But my favorite character from TOS is Bones, Dr. McCoy. Do you have any predictions on who they could cast for that? Let's say they picked a big name guy.
1: So, prediction is a hard word for this because I don't yeah. know actors like at all. Um, I had I was actually talking with my wife about this yesterday, trying to figure out who I would say. And I'm gonna just throw a name out there that would not ever happen, but with my limited TV actor knowledge, I would want Michael Shanks to play uh, Dr. McCoy. Michael Shanks is the guy that played Daniel Jackson in Stargate SG 1, so he's got that sci-fi background. He's about the right age now where he could play the crotchety old guy that has some humor to him while still being able to be a deep actor because he, Michael Shanks, has some depth to his abilities as an actor i don't know who they would actually pick because i don't know like I, I don't know who paul wesley is i don't know yeah i didn't know who anson mount was because i've never seen hell on wheels so I, I didn't even know who he was before discovery
0: god damn it <laughs> i swear i wish you lived next door so i could just like guess what you're watching today motherfucker
1: <laughs> and put stuff on your tv my god no, what you got to do is say hey, we're talking about this on the next Geek Freaks. If you want on, you have to watch it. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're not talking about that after I've watched it.
0: There we go. OK, note to self. We're watching. We're, hey, by the way, we're talking about Batman next week. Um,
1: <laughs> you guys talk about Batman every week. Who are you kidding? That's so I mean, hey, look, it gets
0: the clicks. I got to be honest with you. There's a reason we talk about Batman and Elden Ring a lot. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So I want to see Grant Gunston. He plays Flash on the TV show and what I like about him is he's he's got kind of that wisecracking side, but also there's like a deep side to him. And for McCoy, there's so much more to the character than surface level. Like, as soon as he's put in charge, you start to see that he like takes charge. And as soon as he cracks, you see that there's a ton of emotion behind that character because but he puts up the shield of but he's also like the most human, I think, of anybody else on that ship. And great guts that I think can convey all those things. Plus, I really like the actor and Flash is eventually going to end. Right. I think so. So I think this would be a really good fit for him. I think he should be in Star Trek somewhere. And I think he can adapt a McCoy. But I will say, and I don't remember his name, he's on The Boys. The guy that played him in the J.J. Abrams universe, I can't remember his name. I think he did a perfect job.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I, he, he was some fantastic casting there, so that's tough to shake. Carl yeah. Urban. Thank you, Carl Urban. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. You didn't know actors. Look at you. You pulled that out of your hat. <laughs> Not too shabby.
1: Yeah, what can I say?
0: <laughs> from Star Trek <laughs> to Star Wars, we're going to be talking about the fact that Darth Maul was removed from the new Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming out soon uh, because it was too dark. They eventually replaced him with Darth Vader, which is saying a lot. Uh, so Kyle, we're going to start with you since you're more of a Star Wars guy. Are you a fan of Darth Maul, first of all?
2: uh, Hell yes, I am. Good, I, uh, Good answer. <laughs> I loved, by the way, your guys' take on the trailer from last week's Geek Freak News. I yeah. listened to that yesterday, and I totally agree with Kevin. Like, I am really hyped for Obi-Wan, especially with the Duel of the Fates music playing yeah. in the trailer. I was like, oh, man, the chills I'm getting from this. Like, holy You smokes. want to talk about a
1: fun song to do with a uh, acapella. There it is. <laughs> and- I'm
0: waiting. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, I... Was really hoping to see Darth Maul in this, but I understand, you know, Darth Vader, there's more of a story there Mm -hmm. because Obi-Wan, you know, there's some bad blood between them and Darth Maul could be brought back because he was hinted at, I think, in the Solo, uh, at the end of Solo. At the
0: end, yeah, yeah.
2: As like a crime boss, and I wanted to see more of him in the cinematic universe, but I don't think we're going to get that.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, could we see, because it sounds like the Solo for ideas gone, right? They're not going to do any more solo movies, which is actually, you know, looking back is actually a shame because after the initial reaction, my initial reaction, I actually do quite a bit like that movie. Uh, Do you think we could get that world developed more through the Obi-Wan Kenobi universe?
2: I don't think we will. I think it'll focus more so on the conflict between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader, as well as the upbringing of Luke and watching over him and And we're probably going to get a lot of episodes on Tatooine again, which I'm not really looking forward to. I know. But the trailer, you know, it did show some other locations. So that was nice to see.
0: It's amazing how this desert barren planet is so freaking important. (laughs) It spawns gods. It's crazy how important this planet is. Um, When
1: I was watching Star Wars for the first time as a kid, I remember just the opening Tatooine stuff bored the Crap out of me. And ever since then, I've never liked desert anything in movies or TV shows. I always just immediately get bored, even though I love Star Wars. I almost said Star Trek. Even though I love Star Wars, t- yeah, Tatooine's just so overused. It's just so bland. And after the book of Boba Fett, I'm kind of done with it. Well, you wouldn't like Dune in that case. <laughs> that, that was my uh, reasoning for not watching Dune, <laughs> honestly. I love Dune, but That's I, I understand. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah dune's amazing oh man um uh, have you have you read the books by the way on on dune real quick Kyle. have you read the books i have not if you no. ever do let me know i, I we me and Joth are going to start the second one right before the, the second movie is about to come out and maybe we could do a, a listening party we listen to it by the way we don't read it we're grown-ass <laughs> men oh okay so <laughs> <laughs> but yes uh I, I really like darth maul and especially what clone wars did with him because they they brought him back and they gave him some real purpose if they're saying it's too dark uh Kevin why do you, why do you think it was too dark what part of uh, part of the Darth Maul ethos were they bring in that would have made the story too dark for uh Disney Plus
1: oh i they touched on his background a lot or i guess not his background but uh that interim in the Clone Wars TV show it, he got to be the the leader of the the whatever syndicate that he was in at the end of solo uh he had a really rough time on Dathomir where he was learning to like recuperate after getting cut in half and thrown down a reactor shaft or whatever. Um, I don't know what would be specifically too dark for Disney plus because I would think that Darth Vader would be more dark, but I, I think that they're going to just lean in more heavily on the inquisitors instead of Darth Maul. Right. And they could easily save that Darth Maul story for another, another topic for another time, you know? Um, they did kind of finish that story in Rebels in one episode. So I highly recommend watching through Rebels because you oh, yeah. do get Definitely to see. D2. Yeah, you do get to see the. the. I, I, OK, never mind. Uh, you do, you get it, to see yeah. more of Obi-Wan and uh, Darth Maul in Rebels. OK, but it's uh, yeah, I, I thought that story was already told. And I'm kind of glad that they're going away from it and going with vader and the the fortress inquisitorius or whatever the uh, it's called and kind of more of the background of the inquisitors because we get to meet a lot of the inquisitor characters in both jedi fallen order and in rebels the tv show but we don't get like the much of the backstory behind them and why they are so important in this time frame and what vader does how how hands-on he is with the training of these inquisitors i'm more interested in that
0: yeah and, I, and you're definitely right there but the thing i wanted most is that dathomir part i think the thing that was too dark was yeah. sith witches and it's kind of the other side of the coin of of the inquisitors right where inquisitors are leaning in on the saber and you know using the force to just brutally push things you have these sith, sith witches is the term i'm using i don't know if that's exactly right but you know what i'm saying um, the night sisters night sisters thank you that kind of like are really good at the force in a way that it's magical. I mean, I, it's the only way to really describe what they do. It's freaking magic. And what they do with him building his legs was just so freaking cool to see on clone wars. I tried to show that to my nephew and he, it was actually too dark for him. He was like, this is scary. Oh yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I could kind of see them trying to bring that to live action would be hard to do, but man, it is such a cool storyline. And I would like to see it in a live action universe.
2: Like, uh, can I geek out for a second? Of course. I, I, Really hope they're lying and this is a just a trick. <laughs> a yeah. misdirect. A misdirect. That'd be great. Like a Jedi mind trick, you know. Like <laughs> I really want a soul ep- like they could just do this in one episode of the show. They could have Ray Park, you know, now that he's older, he could play mm-hmm. an older, you know, more experienced Darth Maul, you know, c- you know, in the Zebrakian getup. Like I would love to see that, just as a fan of Darth Maul. Yeah. And just have the episode be about his life from the time he got cut in half to the eventual duel with obi-wan and oh my god like please make it happen please (laughs) just help a fan out here (laughs) i'll raise you a little bit further
0: what if instead of this two faction thing obi-wan versus darth vader and his uh, inquisitors what if it's a three faction thing and this new player in town is a darth maul who has his own gang and honestly is not a fan of anakin either you know (laughs) <laughs> so we could have something where we actually have a, Oh man, I'm kind of geeking out a little bit too much here. What if we have a Vader Maul saber hit? I'm just saying guys. I mean, it just, it's crazy, but it might be possible. Nothing's was, canon and everything's canon.
2: That was my next uh, level. I want to see like maybe Darth ball <laughs> fighting Darth God. Vader for supremacy to challenge Palpatine. Like that'd be so freaking cool, man, because the problem
1: with that. Go ahead. Sorry. The problem with that is that they already had like the the ending of that in Clone Wars already or oh, Rebels. I didn't realize like the, they had the the Palpatine Mall thing going on there. I think that was in season the last season of the Clone Wars that just came out. Okay, like a couple years ago, twenty twenty, when they finished it off. So they've already told so much of that story. To see it in live action would be great. That's but a thing. Yeah, it would also stomp on a little bit of what they worked really hard to do with the Clone Wars and with Rebels. And those are two very good shows that both touch on this stuff as well. So
2: it sounds like I I need to watch Rebels and Clone Wars. Yes, yeah,
0: Clone Wars. I haven't seen Rebels yet, but yeah, I could definitely vouch for Clone Wars. And as for Clone Wars, I will reiterate: I tell everybody, make sure to get past the first season, which I know is not really a good sign. The first season. Rebels is the same way. Is it okay? You could tell the first season they were like, "Hey, this is going to be on Nickelodeon. Let's make it a Nickelodeon show." And then they were like, "Okay, we're done. We're done with that now. Let's go ahead and start telling some like really cool Star Wars stories." That's really cool that way. All right, we're going to be moving on to a new article from the Washington Post all about the industry and going into open world gaming. We have talked about this on other uh, podcasts quite a bit. We want to make sure to to steer you here with this one. Uh, What they generally go over, and I have the article on our website, is the fact that the industry is moving towards longer games, keeping you on the game itself, whether or not you paid 60 bucks or it's free, but keeping you into their world so that when new DLCs come out, when there's a new expansion or something like that, you're more likely to spend money on it. My first question for you guys is, do you first off feel like you spend money on games that you spend longer time in? That makes sense. How? what do you think?
2: I agree, 100%. A lot of times, games as a service, we're seeing that really much more common in mm-hmm. the modern gaming landscape. And of course, you know, as you're more invested in the game, you're going to want to be able to Buy, say, cosmetics or something to kind of flavor up your character, whoever you're playing as. Or in the case of Ubisoft, you know, you could buy time saver packs to make exploring their tedious, gigantic world even easier. Which right. I don't recommend. Yeah, just don't play the game.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and I, you know, I, just to beat a dead horse, yeah, World of Warcraft. I mean, I, there's been so many times where something else comes out, like a mount comes out, and it's like, well, look, I've already got, you know literally uh, over a year of gameplay in this thing i might as well just buy them out you know because it's 25 bucks more and it's a game i've already invested so much of my time into and two degree in like league of legends here's one i haven't mentioned much league of legends i spent over a thousand dollars on skins in that game because i used to play it all the time so i felt like i was definitely getting my use out of a free game i might as well give them some money out of respect to riot at the time really and so it felt like it was worth it to me what do you think kevin
1: I'm not going to judge how people spend their money. I've always been a proponent of voting with your wallet, like using yes. you use your money to approve of or don't use your money if you disapprove. Um, I, my gameplay habits are very different than most people as somebody with, uh, like game ADHD, I have a very, very hard time finishing a game. And if there's a game that I'm playing that's over 10 hours, I'm probably not going to finish it unless it's God of War in 2018 or f- hell, I-, I can't even finish uh, Horizon Forbidden West as much as I'm talking about it. I haven't played it now in two weeks because oh, yeah. I just the the daunt <laughs> the daunt is a location in the game. The daunting feeling I get is what I was trying daunt, to go actually. for. <laughs> no, I'm a little bit past that, okay, actually. Um Yeah it's just such a daunting feeling trying to immerse myself back in a game and know that I'm not going to spend that much time with it and know that it requires way more time than I have. So yeah, I, I would much rather play it by a shorter game. I would spend $60 on a game like doom 20, whatever the reboot was of that, not eternal, but the one. Yes. Thank you, Kyle. Um, I'd rather spend 60 bucks on doom 2016 than a game that's going to try to keep me there for a hundred plus hours. Cause I know one and done with this six to 10 hour game and I can get the full experience there.
0: Yeah. One of the things they talked about in the, in the article is that there are some industry insiders. Some of those that are like true gamers that are not really in it for the money necessarily are trying to at least push one of two options. Either you create this big world and you do make money on it, but all the expansions are, are actually impactful. They have a lot of good content. They're really worth the money. Because the, the reason that they're making these DLCs is it's a lot cheaper to add new things to a game that exists. You're using all the same rigging than it is to make the same amount of time of gameplay in a new game. you have to make all the new rigging. Um, so either do that or put all that effort into a game, but make the gameplay actually shorter. So maybe it's a huge, beautiful world, but really it's only 10 hours a game, which is kind of like God of War. I think was kind of close to that. God of War was like 18 to 20 hours. I feel like I think 22 at the most. But really, the world felt very big because you had all these different corridors to go down. And so it felt bigger than it was. Uh, Which do you prefer? That they actually go ahead and make the game huge, but then I'll spend more money, but you guys have to make sure it matches my my expectations. Or just make the time shorter. And yeah, I'll buy more because it looks beautiful, but the time itself is shorter. What do you think, Kyle?
2: Yeah, you see this a lot now where a lot of AAA gaming is steering towards the bigger, more open style game world. Mm-hmm. That way, you know, they could sell you additional services to keep you in that world. Whereas indie gaming is focusing more on the shorter, more focused experience. And, you know, I enjoy both. I mean, I have a variety of games that I enjoy playing. Like right now I'm playing Elden Ring, which yeah. is a huge overworld game, and I love it because of how detailed it is. But then on the other side, I just picked up Tunic. And that is a complete game as well, much more uh, linear, I would say, game. But you know, mm-hmm. there's still a lot of exploration elements to it. But nearly, you know, not nearly. Excuse me, as long as say Elden Ring. And yeah, there's give and take with both, but it's basically on your preference. Elden Ring is actually
0: what sparked the conversation because everybody's saying it's the longest of the From Software games. And there's already evidence that they have spots for DLCs to be added with like the multiplayer arenas coming up and stuff like that. All these different like spots they've already discovered in game. And so it's like, okay, you guys are setting this up to be a service game. We see what you're doing. Um, and it kind of sparked this whole conversation in the first place.
1: It's it really depends on the game. Like I think that there are games that are built, the stories specifically are built to have a longer narrative drawn out in these big expansive worlds where there are games that are. Supposed to be shorter, that are dragged out to be that long. Mm-hmm. I think if you are trying to, it, it's a case by case basis, a game by game basis. If you're developing a game, make sure that the story that's there for it fits the world and the length of time that the person is going to spend in that world. I don't want to play a five hour story through a 50 hour game. I'd rather play a five hour story in a five hour game or a 50 hour story in a 50 hour game. Yeah. If you're just padding it out just to add, stuff to your game that's not interesting to me at least um it's addictive and i will get hooked on it and i probably will continue playing it but i hate myself for it
0: (laughs) what purchase in it what purchase a dlc in a game that you've bought and has felt like it was truly worth your money and i'll start uh, off with uh the shivering isles for oblivion i think was the best dlc i've ever purchased in my life it added a whole new island and a whole new storyline that was really creative you could tell bethesda was really stretching their muscles on this And the, the island itself wasn't necessarily very big, but the story was so good. And I literally became a God at the end of it. Um, and it's like trickster God, and it was just really fun, amazing voice acting. And it, and it added a whole new level of gear and stuff that was lore filled, not necessarily like, Oh yeah, the gear sure did more damage. That's great. But it added a whole new thing of lore to it. And I I couldn't believe how great this little expansion was. It was so worth my money. I think at the time it was like 10 bucks, maybe 20 very much worth it can you guys think of a dlc that was the best you've ever
1: had yeah honestly fallout new vegas is old world blues that was the most it was was so different than the rest of the story but still made sense within the story of new vegas perfect but it takes you to a totally new section of uh i don't even remember where you're at in old world blues specifically don't you do you go like like you're someplace totally different and you're getting a a completely set standalone story that was filled with humor, incredible writing. The story wasn't that great, but it was exactly what I want in an expansion. It was something that's separate from the main story, but integrated enough that you can still take all your stuff with you into it and all the rewards that you get from playing it. You can take back out into the main game with you that and uh, the Diablo 2 expansion, uh, Lord of Destruction. Like yeah. added a fifth act. Yeah. That was good.
0: Diablo too. You could everybody would spend as much money as possible to continue that game. <laughs> I feel like.
2: I agree with you too, actually. I think Bethesda has the best model with expansions. Like we've seen time and time again, like Fallout Three, New Vegas, Fallout Four, and even games like Dishonored, like The Knife of Dunwall and Brigmore Witches, I really enjoyed that as well. They do that great, you know, thing where they can send you out to a totally different location as Kevin explained already, it has a whole bunch of lore, And then you could take whatever rewards you get from that place with you back into the main game and just, you know, experiment in there. I think, uh, overall they get the grade a approval from Kyle for all their DLC.
1: I think Frank's writing down another topic for pushing buttons later on.
0: I am best storytelling (laughs) developers. Something like that. Oh, I was
1: was thinking best DLC, but yeah,
0: that that's a good, yeah, I'm writing that one too. (laughs)
1: There is a conversation I wanted to get into at some point, and it will be another topic for pushing buttons, probably, um, that Kyle, you touched on the differences between like a AAA and an indie game and how storytelling and length of game are a lot of times tied to that. And I agree 100%. I just don't know what the defining line is now between AAA and indie because you can have games that... I think that the the nomenclature AAA and indie is so off base now because like even Tunic has a publisher like they're developed by Tunic team but it's uh, published by Finji I think was the name of the company and that used to be what the defining characteristic of an indie game was if you had a publisher or not yeah Um, whereas Bethesda games are self published so technically they're indie (laughs) (laughs) I mean (laughs) that little indie (laughs) started Skyrim game you know exactly so uh, Yeah. yeah it's it's more of a it's weird how the big budget games always try to go above and beyond with scope of game versus the smaller budget games. And I personally get a lot more enjoyment out of the smaller budget games because they have less to work with. And you can really see the creativity of the of the developers and of the the artists and the especially with the music and the sounds in those kind of games. Is They're usually more simplistic, but they're they're uh, There's nothing to be said negative about like large orchestral OSTs or anything to games, but just the the character you get from the smaller, shorter games with the smaller budgets. I love it. I'm here for that for sure.
0: It's oftentimes more unique too. It's something that's actually changing yeah. the industry. Not necessarily here's a formula we know that works. You know, it's actually a And I can't to wait to help. hear
1: Kyle talk about tunic in that regard. Yeah. I can't wait to that we get to that.
0: We'll be doing that here shortly. Uh one of the things he talked about in this Washington Post article uh, is the fact that nowadays modern gamers, especially older gamers like us, when they buy a game that's kind of a a heavy gameplay, they make it their sole entertainment for a while. Uh, I don't find myself doing this, actually. I make sure to set time for both things. And I kind of thought, does this feel right? Kevin, you're already saying no?
1: So, yeah. Wednesday night is my wrestling night. Thursday night is my Star Trek night. Friday night is my prep for podcast night. So I've got basically Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday to th- to after work on Monday and Tuesday to throw in the rest of whatever all the games that I'm playing are, which I'm usually playing at least two or three games at a time, mm-hmm. plus other TV shows. And also, you know, I'm married, so I hang out with my wife from time to That's time taco night. Like to spend- on, on Tuesdays. Is like, like we'll have tacos taco and I'll talk to you. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> exactly. Tacos and talking. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing.
1: Uh, th- yeah, so I do find myself definitely scheduling my time out more, but i it's not like I do it for very specific games. It's whatever game I want to play on a Monday night, I'll throw on uh, whatever game that is. And if I don't get around to finishing one because the next game comes out before I'm done with it, so be it. Um, yeah. I just won't finish Horizon at that point. It's too big, too long.
2: As older gamers, you know, we have more responsibilities. All of our uh, money is being spent only money but our time as well and it, it's almost weird how AAA is demanding so much of that from say like a 18 through 39 demographic or mm-hmm. even older than that because it seems to me like they want you to be in their game 24-7 but who among us has that kind of time it's like kids okay. between 8 and 18 right? and they can spend their parents' money. And it's like, why are AAA developers focusing on that demographic when they should be, you know, trying to make streamlined, like, more mainstream, appeal-to-everybody titles for the older gamers
1: Because with less of the, time? of the flashback that they get from the hardcore fandom whenever they come out. I've talked shit about Mass Effect for the last few years now. They made it more mainstream with Mass Effect 2 and 3, and it lost all the... It, it, it's kind of apples and oranges i i know you're not quite saying the same thing that i'm getting at here but the more you mainstreamify something the more you make it easier for people to uh, the, the more of your like normal fan base you lose or at least with the internet right now that the more twitter trolls come out the more reddit uh negative stuff comes out and, and then yeah. you get review bombs and then you get metacritic shit going on and people don't get their bonuses anymore it, yeah yeah it's <laughs>
2: No, I, I see that. And I think what these companies are missing is like people just don't have that kind of time anymore to invest into a huge open world dunk. Like, let's see. They can't just slam dunk like 80 hours into one game yeah. over the course of a month. Like, this just not going to be feasible. for. But them.
1: you know who can? You know who does do that is the the streaming yes. audience, the streaming the streamers. That was my next they're point. They're the ones. Oh, good. I'll let yes. you go with it then. You know, these streamers,
2: like, it's a great time to be a streamer. You have so much content available at your fingertips, but really it's not the game, it's the personality, I think, that makes a streamer successful. Oh, yeah. But, you know, they use the game as a backdrop for all of their personal commentary and their opinions on current events. And I I still think what gaming needs to do is find, like, a balance or better yet like a, a lure of some kind you know kind of like with netflix and binge watching mm-hmm. you know that's very easy to do with gaming if it's a great game yeah i'll binge it sure but if you have a shorter game that's like you know more bite-sized you can you know digest it easier you know we could see a rise of that like say with xbox game pass like if they make these super high quality eight to ten hour games that are intricately detailed I think you'll see those kinds of services just grow with time. It's just going to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And Washington Post, even threw out Game Pass is like, this could be the savior of this whole thing, because with Game Pass, you don't feel guilty about not finishing a game. You don't feel, you know, because I was going to ask you that too, Kevin is like, do you feel guilt when you don't finish a game? I know I do. But with Game Pass, that guilt's like not there because I'll get to it eventually when I do find a lull. It's just right there and I'm already paying for the service. So it's not like I'm losing anything. But yeah, that's and then one thing I want to bring up, too, is I find it interesting that the industry is using tactics used by like Fortnite or or games that are steered towards kids, right? Steered towards the younger audience. But then they're like, hey, you know, our hardcore, really deep, emotional game like Elden Ring. Let's make sure to make that just as long. And it's like, wait a minute, you're you're targeting two different audiences. I don't think I know that. The kids that I know that are playing Fortnite are not touching Elden Ring because it's too dark. The parents won't let them buy the game, first of all. Second, they would rather just play Fortnite with their friends. It's much more of a, it's the real metaverse, honestly. It's not what Facebook's throwing together. It's actually Fortnite's lobby is actually the metaverse. That's where they're going to go hang out. It's not going to be in some game like Elden Ring. They think Elden Ring's going to be the hip thing amongst the kids. No, it's going to be us hardcore gamers that are like working and then at home, hitting our heads against the same boss for a night and then going forward. So it's weird that they, I see that there's a disconnect between the two, but I, I'm not, you know, running a studio. Do they see that? And that's the question I think they need I think to ask they do. themselves.
2: Yeah. I think yeah. Uh, in Elden Ring, like they know exactly who this game is for. And that's why it's been so successful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just read this week that it sold over 12 million copies. Like that yeah. is a huge testament that these kind of games are still in demand.
0: Yeah. That's like Halo numbers. And that's good.
2: Yeah, it's insane how successful it is, and I'm really happy for them. It's a great game. I feel like this is their, I've said this before on Pushing Buttons and Geek Freaks Network. Uh, It's basically their magnum opus, and it's a game that deserves to be taken at your own time. I don't think it's something to rush through, and I've seen a lot of streamers do this, like they're just trying to get through it as quick as possible, and I'm like, how are they doing this? Like, You got to take your time with it and just let it sink into you.
0: I mentioned this last week and, and just to reiterate, man, the streamers have a lot of options right now, but I, the life of a streamer is not easy. I read a really good piece on Vice about this, about how, I mean, they are just always on and think about how they're having to rush that game because they know that that game, I can't think of the term for it, but I follow it, but like the trending charts, that game is so small in compared to the, the world. I mean, you have a week to make Elden Ring done because... Eventually, people are not going to search for Elden Ring streams anymore. They're going to be looking for the next game streams. And so you need to finish that thing so fast so that you could stay on top of the trends to where you're not even enjoying the game or gaming. How, I, man, I, the life of a streamer, the more you read about it, is like, that is just not an easy life. I agree. Um, so it's interesting how that goes. Uh, lastly, let's finish this off. We'll go with this last question I got here. When you set out to play a smaller game, do you schedule your game time differently? And for myself, I know I'll play in smaller games for streams because I know that at least within one, maybe two streams, you can get to the end of the storyline with the people watching so that it's an actually like a complete stream. Otherwise, you guys have seen many of my streams that are like World of Warcraft or Grand Theft Auto Five, like last night, where it's like, hey, here's a small segment. You have no clue where these characters are going because I'll play this thing off stream because I have to, to be able to get the story done and you won't know where things are going. So it's incomplete experience. Do you guys approach smaller games differently than you do bigger games?
1: Yeah, like I was saying before, how I kind of have different nights. that so I do different things. Yeah. Um, After work on Mondays and Tuesdays, I will play the shorter games. Usually I'll be on my computer and play games that I can jump in. Like I've talked about roguelites before and yeah. how I'm such a big fan of them. And that's usually when I'll play a game like that or I'll jump in a game that doesn't really have a a narrative beginning, middle, end. But I can just jump in and play a little bit of and then jump back out on Mondays and Tuesdays and then on weekends when I have a little bit more time that's when I'll try to delve deep into something yeah. that's a, l- a little bit bigger for sure.
2: Indeed, it's- yeah, I think yeah. uh for me and my experience with Elder Ring so far, like I have a hard time just, you know, booting that up and playing it for only an hour. Like I just mm-hmm. I know I want to get more immersed into it and that's why I try to put it off for Friday, Saturday, Sunday because I know I'll have this wide range of time for me to just you know get absorbed into the game and really enjoy it for what it is yeah and you know during the week when i stream i still get a pretty decent amount of time like maybe three four hours and that's pretty sufficient but when it comes to smaller games i don't really see myself having that same issue like i feel like i could dive right in and play it at my own pace and when i feel like it and that's Mm -hmm. the advantage to them
0: yeah I would love to hear more about how adult gamers manage their time and their new hobbies because I feel like we're constantly fighting with the thing we love, and so it'll be hard to see how that goes. Um, but I mean, it'll develop over time, and we'll see how it is. All right, let's move on to our reviews. We have one for GTA and one for Tunic. I'll go ahead and do the GTA Remaster real quick. It'll be really fast. So I want to start off by saying, first off, this thing's only ten dollars for the next three months, and then it'll bump up to thirty nine ninety nine. So Just, if you've never touched GTA 5, this is absolutely the time to get into it. It's only $10. If you're a fan of the franchise and are happy to replay it, again, a good time to play it. But, if you've already played it and you're like, yeah, I got the story, I'm only going to get back in if they really significantly change it a lot, don't bother, you're okay. It has changed quite a bit of side features. I'm playing on the PS5, I previously played on the Xbox One, PC, and uh, 360. The thing I really like is the controller has the um, adaptive triggers. So when I'm pulling the trigger, I can really feel the trigger of the gun. When I'm driving and I happen to hit over, say I go up on a sidewalk, I can feel like I could feel the two different things on the triggers and everything like that. It's really cool. Um, I showed on Discord when the cops are after you, when you got the popo coming. My controller actually lights up with the siren lights. Like they're coming after me, like they're almost in the rearview mirror. And then also a cell phone. Cell phones are very important in GTA. It's how you talk to people in long distance. All that's done through your phone, or so, I mean, all through your controller. So it actually, the little speaker on there actually sounds like a little phone talking to you, and you can hear a guy saying like, "Hey, I need you to go pick up the drugs" or whatever it is, you know. And uh, and so that feels real. And all that is perks to the new system. What's not a huge upgrade are the graphics. <laughs> so kind of the reason that you would get a remaster in the first place. It the face rigging is there. Like I would say, the faces have more detail. But for the most part that you could tell, they still use the same model and like shading is better. Uh, The HDR is a huge improvement. Like all the colors are much more vibrant. And yes, the sun ray animation, all that's better because it's all ray tracing. But in the end, does it look like a game that came out this year? No. And it's not. It's a game that came out in 2013. I mean, (laughs) that's a long ass time ago. But uh, this is where we're at. So. I would say if you haven't played GTA yet, please go buy it. It's $10. Get it before it's $40. Um, A lot of you guys probably got it free on Epic. That's still good, too. I wouldn't say you have to get it if you already have that version. But uh, I am having a lot of fun with it. And I'd say it's probably the best version of the game by default because it actually is and not necessarily like a huge improvement. Like I've seen in Skyrim an actually decent improvement over time. This one, I'd say it's on the level of the PS4 and Xbox One version of the game so worth playing if you haven't played it yet otherwise don't bother
2: now where is it on is it on the newer consoles ps5 xbox and series yeah
0: xbox series x and ps5 yeah. uh, it just released this week
2: okay okay because yeah. i was gonna say on pc uh that's how i played it and i loved mm-hmm. it as yeah. is on pc i'm not sure
1: if kevin tried it out about five hours on the pc something like that okay. yeah oh okay my normal open world game time yeah yeah right just enough (laughs) to know how to use
0: your controls then i'm out of here guys yeah um i will say someday i would like to do a level up on this game because revisiting it again and again i've played the storyline i don't know how many times i mean a lot of times um and and i would say i'm not more educated i'm more aware it definitely doesn't age well the storylines and the dialogue do not age well Um, and I would like to at some point on a level up like revisit all that and really dig into like GTA is always a satire of our society like they purposely are too far but I think it's now to a point where it might be a satire of itself anyways that's for level up on another time and uh, that's something to take in mind too if you're going to buy this game and you're fresh to the franchise remember it released in 2013 and we've changed a lot politically and society wise in those years so keep that in mind as well
2: Okay, what I love about Tuning is it made me remember the fun of self-discovery in a video game. Now, what I mean by that is you have a very vague, open-world interpretation. And what I mean by that is the instruction manual. That is your guide to this game. Yeah. And I want to say, I think... (laughs) Sorry, I'm out of breath. Um <laughs> I had the, the theme again in my head. <laughs> I was trying to remember the theme song for tunic and that came up for some reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all nice. right. Editor Frank put it in so everybody knows what we all have singing in our head right now. Now it's done. Okay. We're good.
2: <laughs> Anyhow, um, I didn't realize this until I would say a good couple hours in the game, but the instruction manual pages that you collect are gradually telling you and teaching you how to play the game. Hmm. And that's so interesting to me because as you know, I would consider myself to be a pretty critical thinker gamer. Like I can discern how to play the game based off of just playing with the controls and trying to figure out, okay, this is what this button does, and so on and so forth. But the game's language is a bunch of runes or symbols, and you can't really read the game's text until you collect more of these pages. And it's really interesting to collect them, because they have illustrated artwork depicting your character, which is a fox, by the way. And the game is heavily inspired by the Legend of Zelda series. Because I think their instruction manuals for the original NES games had the same kind of layout. It would have like the different characters that you would come across as enemies and how they fight you. And what each of the items does. And then an open map as well. And as you collect more pages, this instruction manual gets more and more detailed. And you actually pick up a rhythm for how the game Is supposed to be played. And along with that, it's also got really good combat. So you have uh, your basic sword shield combo. You don't get the shield until a little bit later, but you have a stamina bar and you can roll to dodge enemy attacks. And swinging your sword doesn't take stamina, but rolling does. So you have to be really aware of how you approach combat. Just this morning, I fought the first boss and I really enjoyed it because it was like a culmination of all these different lessons I've learned while collecting these instruction manual pages. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but the game's aesthetics are really, really beautiful.
0: I would say it's a selling point, really. it's the reason I downloaded it at first.
2: The minimalist design and the music in particular is really well done. Mm -hmm. I bought the OST and I I've been listening to it off stream and it's been a great great ride i've been really enjoying
1: the the emotions i'm feeling while playing the game there's one game that keeps coming to mind whenever you're talking about this and outside of the combat it sounds like you're also describing fez like there's the the language within the game that you learn as you go the the aesthetic to it was unique and it was the selling point of it the sounds and the characters were all uh so Integrated into the design of the world, that it they sound like that it sounds like Fez could have been a heavy inspiration for Tunic outside of the Legend of Zelda being the obvious, uh, inspiration for it.
2: Yeah, I definitely see that. Like when you collect these instruction manuals, the pages for, you know, you're basically getting more opportunity to open up new areas, and that's what Fez did as well. And in particular, there's like an overworld map that isn't full but as you get more pages it unlocks more of that map and not only that it's your in-game map as well because it shows your little fox icon on the map where you're standing and so you're constantly pulling up this instruction manual and i actually had a pretty interesting moment like i i realized that i'm actually the player looking at the instruction manual in like breaking the fourth wall shit
0: i love when they do that <laughs>
2: Like, I didn't realize it, but when I pull up that manual, you can move it around, and you can zoom in. And if you move it to the side, you see the game in the background, like a screen for a monitor, and say, oh, whoa, this is actually me, you know, in the game. And I thought that was a really nice touch as well. How long do you think the game is? It's long. I think it's going to take me about 15, 20 hours.
0: Oh, that's pretty good, because it looked like it was going to be like a five-hour game, you know?
1: Oh, no. Damn no. it. I was hoping it was going to be a five hour game. <laughs> I'm probably not going to play it then.
0: <laughs> going back to what we were just talking about.
1: I, I sound like I'm joking. I'm not. I'm probably not going to play it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's
2: difficulty based as well. Like, it's what you make it. The first boss is really hard, actually. Like, I had a hard time this morning with it. I didn't stream it because I didn't want to spoil it for you guys. But it's difficult. It took me probably a good half hour to beat it. The difficulty level,
0: would you say it's. <laughs> Because now you might have scared me away from it. Is it like a Souls game?
1: <laughs> it kind of is. Like, oh, the more no. you play it, it is. Oh, shit.
0: Okay. I might suck at this so game. it's a
1: long game, and it's a Souls style. Yeah, I'm out. I'm going to uninstall it later today. I was
0: looking forward to, like, the exploration side of things. And now I'm like, oh, no, now I have to dodge things a lot? Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, the trouble.
2: enemies have attack patterns, and you have to know their mechanics to be able to damage them. Okay. And That's the same as any Zelda game, yeah. too. The boss in particular was like, holy shit, this is a lot harder than I gave it credit to.
0: Okay. Alright. Um, So, you, how far like percentage-wise? Do you think you're like 10% done? 20% done? It's hard, to say, boss, so it's hard to say because
2: I've done in the overworld there's these big bell towers you have to hit to ring them to open the main door. Yeah. There's the east bell tower, which I did. And then the west Bell Tower just this morning. And that's where the first boss was. Okay. And there's other hints at areas later in the game. Like there's a library, desert area, and there's a cathedral, and then there's a sky dungeon as well, what I've read. So I would say I got a good 15, 20 hours left to go. Okay.
0: to really to grade it, then, probably, right?
2: Okay. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if I had to grade it, I would probably give it an A. Because okay. so far it does everything really well and incorporates those elements from Zelda and Fez and Dark Souls and puts them all in one game and not only that, but it just made me remember why I love playing games to begin with.
0: That's a high that's high praise right there. That one statement is enough to to give so another shot.
2: There's a lot of secrets right. in the game. That's that's Sorry. if you're a secret kind of guy, like you like yeah. collecting those in like, say Doom or whatever, finding mm-hmm. secret doors or secret passageways that lead to treasures i do like that. this game yeah. for you
1: i'm kind of on board again uh so i just want to throw out there how long to beat lists the main story is about 12 hours completionist is 15 and a half hours that sounds about right so yeah. somewhere in the 12 to 15 hour range a little bit better than the 15 to 20 range that i was thinking so okay i'm, I'm probably gonna try right. it again good. I'm, I'm on board good, again good. check out the stream yep. guys will be streaming it
2: it's great too because it's got a. Uh, an inventory system like the original Zelda game. So you can equip different uh, types of weapons as well as magic for casting spells. Like there's a fire spell or a wand I should say that you get as well as a, uh, a dagger that lets you freeze enemies. And not only yeah. that, there's items too, which I kind of used briefly on the stream like firecrackers for bombs and freezing potions. And there's like items that boost your offense or defensive abilities. It's really well tuned.
0: Okay. I'll have to give it a shot. Tunic is
2: tuned.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I know I'm going to give it a, I know I'm going to stream it. It was just this week has been one of the crazier weeks of my life. So I haven't been able to, but I will make sure to stream that and uh, give another perspective of it too. But I'm looking forward to playing it. it. looks good. All right. Let's go ahead and get into some or recommendations. Uh, Any games or TV shows you guys would like to recommend, I will start off with The Winning Time. It's a new show on HBO. It's got its second episode out now. Now, I'm not a basketball fan, but this show is about the L.A. Lakers and uh, their rise to power. The reason I really like it is John C. Riley plays like this very charismatic uh, new owner of the team, and it's all based off a true story. Um, Very charismatic new owner, and he's the kind of guy that you're rooting for, although he's a failure in a lot of ways. He's, he's stretching himself too far. And you know that obviously the Lakers become this huge success. So you know in the end it's going to work out. Which is kind of a nice little side thing. Uh It also has Magic Johnson who I've always liked as a kid. And now you get to see the rise of Magic Johnson. And um a lot of the other characters or a lot of the other people that I knew as a kid. So even if you're not a basketball fan, again I'm not. I'm really enjoying the show. It's all 70s. And they actually filmed it and put a filter over it to make it look like it was filmed in the 70s. Like it actually is Granulated footage the entire time. It's not in high def or anything like that. It actually looks bad, on purpose. <laughs> so, but it's a good show. Check it out. Winning time. All right. Have you guys got any recommendations?
1: I'll okay, go next. Go for it, Cal. I don't
2: have recommendations aside from Elden Ring and Tunic. Amazing. Again, it's a great time to be a gamer. Like, if you yeah. have games that you're looking forward to this year, like this is your year. Um. Not only that, but on Steam anyway. There's a great sale. I picked up a whole bunch of games um, from EA's publisher sale. I picked up like 10 old school games for like 40-50 bucks. And they have some great deals on there. Like Dragon Age 2 and all of its DLC was like $5. Mass Effect and Dragon Age Inquisition was like $7 combined together. Mass Effect Legendary Edition's $25. Like there's a really great sale on Steam. And they had a Capcom sale not too long ago as well. I picked up all the Dell McRae games. Play those as well. They're great.
0: I will just jump in real quick. Uh, Speaking of good sales and a good cause is there are two big bundles out there for uh, supporting Ukraine. Uh, The latest one that just came out, it's $40 minimum uh, over on Humble, which is a really good website, right? Humble, we could all trust. And uh, one of the games is Satisfactory for $40, but you get like 120 games and one of them being Satisfactory, I cannot suggest it enough there's a lot of other good ones out there sunset overdrive which is a blast if you just want like mayhem and again it all goes to supporting uh three different ukrainian i think it's four actually ukrainian charities so uh check that out humble bundle they've got it there what do you got kevin
1: um i'm gonna quickly say as far as a movie or tv show goes i'm gonna recommend the adam project on netflix Mm -hmm. i think that we've probably somebody's probably mentioned it before i actually really enjoyed the movie watching it with my wife it was a It's a very cute movie. It's a Ryan Reynolds movie. So you get exactly what you're going to expect out of that. Um, But it's very well done. And I was pleasantly surprised by it. But I'm sorry. Well, I I
0: did want to say I've heard from people so far that the thing they're liking about it is it's like back. It reminisces to like the 2000s movies when it was just a fun story. There was no it was all earnest. Like there was no undercutting itself with sarcasm like that we expect from nowadays, which I do like that a
1: lot. The way that I describe it is I liked it. But if I was a kid and watched it, I would have absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, perfect. That's cool. Yeah, um, I'm going to recommend for anybody who hasn't played a wrestling video game in a long time. WWE 2K22 is actually a very good game. Very solid wrestling game. They changed the entire control scheme to it uh, for it to actually make sense. Um it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more true to the actual on-screen product too, because oh, wow. you can. There's like a flow to it, a back and forth flow, where it's not, it doesn't always have to be one-sided. It can turn on a dime, just like it does on TV. Um, I don't watch WWE TV anymore, but I still am a very big pro wrestling fan. Uh, this is just absolutely phenomenal. It's it's the graphics are really good for a 2K game. Um, I'm currently playing it on PC. Okay. Uh, it's also available on all the different, uh, uh, pretty much every console, I believe, besides the switch, probably damn good wrestling Hmm. game.
0: Do they now? I've never, I haven't played a wrestling game since I think on the N64. Uh, do they have a lot of the like storyline in between actual matches going on or is it just basically match to match?
1: I guess I should have said that there's, uh, there's a lot of different modes. Um, there's the, my GM mode, which is like a head to head, uh, one person owns one show and then you can either do another person or an ai runs another show and you set up the matches and the winners are self or are ai determined um there's the universe mode where you basically can run the entirety of the wwe all ross SmackDown nxt 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 uk all that stuff um and i think they you can set up promos and stuff in between i'm not positive about that haven't delved into that the uh the career mode is called my rise you there's two separate my rise stories there's a male and a female my rise story um they're very very generic but you are making choices along the way in between matches that determine whether you're a, a baby face or a heel essentially <laughs> and they determine what paths your career is going to take and what matches you do and don't do and stuff so there's a lot of cool stuff plus there's If you're a Rey Mysterio fan or uh, just a fan of luchador wrestling in general, there's the the spotlight story on Rey Mysterio from his early WCW days through to current day or maybe last year, I think, is when his last one of his last big matches in WWE was. So I'm a big Rey Mysterio fan. So that was that was awesome to see him spotlighted. in in this he's on on the cover, right? Yeah, I think he is the cover guy. Yeah um also i do want to say that i made the geek freaks network championship i've made myself in the game and i'm on my way to making the rest of us from the geek freaks network in the game as well it takes me about four hours to create one person because i whoa i have to create the the character the attire i put all the logos on it which i have all the you know branding i'm wearing this hat in the game by the way um uh Then there's the move set. You have to pick the move set individually and you can even create the finishing move. I don't know how in-depth that is because I haven't gotten to that point yet. But you actually like set up the finisher. Um, I'm guessing you just like kind of put parts and pieces together from other moves. And uh, it's it's so much more in-depth than I would have expected from a 2K game or a WWE game. And then you can create the entrance and then the video that goes behind it. It's just there's so much creativity that you can unleash in this game without even playing what they made for you outside of just the core systems of the game it's if, if you're a creative guy or gra- or gal and you like pro wrestling at all i highly recommend this can game. we make that like a
0: uh, championship night or whatever on uh, and on the stream and like see who wins the geek freaks title or something yes, like that. Please. i'm gonna
1: i'm gonna say there's more to follow okay um I, I'm planning a double elimination tournament. Nice. <laughs> Just so you know, uh the 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 final match will be a ladder match for the Geek Freaks Network oh, Championship. Oh hell
0: yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to hype <laughs> yeah. this up on our socials. <laughs> That's gonna be so fun. Yeah,
1: I don't I don't want to talk too much about it because I it's gonna take me a long time to set up, but I'm getting okay. it. Don't forget Robert. He used to be in there. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I get I, nah, I just I it. I just care. Nice. We'll, we'll stop it there. But man, I, I'm excited <laughs> for that. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
2: Do you need help with like brainstorming
1: ideas for this or is it all going to be you? Um, I, I might ask individual people for input on the characters that I make, but that would probably be it because the, the tournament would all be AI run. I'm not going to control yeah. who wins anything. There was okay. a guy
0: named, I think King is the guy that he was like the, on the sidelines. Does that sound right? Sidelines might not even be the right no, term. Jerry- <laughs> jerry lawler i thought his name was something king okay i could be wrong but um i just remember like this one announcer that was like god damn it i'll find it don't worry <laughs> now i'm kind
1: of pro- approaching this like a D&D it sounds thing, like you're right? talking about jerry the king lawler I think that
0: might be it was he kind of like a husky guy and he was kind of a a bit of a talker a bit of a salesman
1: yes i want him
0: <laughs> put a geek <geek-free> priest <laughs> hat on him <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know if he's in this game okay. or not. Um, <laughs> outside of something, anyway, we'll can I quickly
2: out. just kind of name off like names for moves? <laughs>
0: sure, yeah. <laughs> for for this is what I'm saying is it's becoming like a D thing. Like, how many stats and traits is he? that's great. Like,
2: <laughs> n- you definitely need a finisher called
1: Another Topic for Another Time. Uh, that is also part of the shirt. And, uh, <laughs> Well, actually, I haven't gotten that far yet. I just have the logo. I'll show you guys off. off okay, okay. okay. That sounds good.
2: We don't want to unveil too much right now. Yeah, yeah. for sure. (laughs)
0: Right. Me me and Kyle are quickly geeking out. Yeah, we are. We better better end it there. Uh, All right. We're going to end the podcast there, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Take it easy and we'll see you guys actually tomorrow. We got a pushing buttons. We're recording and I'm tagging in for that wrestling. And so uh, we'll see you guys then. It'll be at what nine o'clock, right?
1: as usual 9 o'clock for you streamers and maybe your camera will work the whole time I don't
0: know with my freaking camera alright see you guys then (laughs) bye thank you for joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks pod we're also on Facebook Instagram you can email us we have our Patreon and a store all those links are in the description thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you guys next week